So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 37 for January 17th, 2016. Joining me this week, we have Connor Nemesis Besh. No one else said they'd do it. I know. Aro is gone because it's his birthday. But we also have a special guest this week. We have Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran? Yeah, the lawyer. He's back from oh, the Oh, yeah, that guy. The old, Yeah, that's right. If Yes, if my glove fits, you must acquit or something. Yeah. Um. So this yeah. is uh, Jerry. Now, tell me if I said Cochran? Corcoran. Corcoran, also known as Parallax. Yes. It's abstraction on YouTube and on Twitter. It's PX abstraction at Twitter. PX abstraction or PXA media is where I just talk about my YouTube stuff. Yeah. So yep. uh, anyway, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Pretty good. It's been a, a way busier week than I would have thought on my end, but it's been good. Productive at least. So. Okay. So yeah. uh, let's start out by asking uh, Connor, what games have you been playing, Connor? A little bit of a plethora here. Um, as just about every other week, I've been playing through Majora's Mask for like the 10th or 15th time or so. I like the game a lot. That's the end of that sentence. Uh, but additionally, I've gotten into Battlefield 4 again, which I've kind of been on and off for a while, but I kind of fell in deep this time. It's been good to me. What what game? Battlefield 4? Yeah. Oh, okay. I played it a little bit. I didn't really care for it, but maybe that's just me. Um. Is that all? Is that all the games you've been playing? Uh, also, Fallout Four. I haven't really been playing it. It's more just been like, hey, look, an open world and a shotgun. You know. Yeah. That's... It's been more of a time waster than something I've been playing. Yeah. And what about you, Parallax Abstraction? So I've been. Uh, I did a little bit of Fallout as well, but I've. It's been a, an interesting week for me game wise. I actually went back and uh, started uh, the past XCOM game, so XCOM, uh, well, Enemy Within, I guess, technically, the expansion one. I, I've owned that game for a long time, and for whatever reason, every time I started it, I ended up making a bunch of horrible choices and completely screwing myself early on and getting frustrated and saying, screw this. But no, no, uh, no, I wanted normal. to beat it. Yeah, well, that's what I heard. But I wanted to beat it before XCOM 2 comes out next month, so I went, okay. I read a bunch of articles with tips and stuff and started over for about the seventh time. And I actually have a pretty good run going of it now, so that's been uh, that's been pretty good. I'm I, I finally hit my groove with it, and I definitely see why people dig it so much. When you when you when when you click with it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, was, um, I, I think I saw that on Twitter. You were like, I finally understand why the people like this game. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah, I I finally finally got it. So I mean, we'll see if I can actually get myself. I'm only playing on normal difficulty for now, but I'll see if I can get myself through. Uh, through to the end, but so far it's going pretty well. And yeah, based on everything I've seen of XCOM 2, it looks like it's that plus more stuff. So I figure if I get a good base going with this one, I should be able to jump, maybe jump into the other one on a on a harder difficulty. We'll see. But um, yeah, I did those two, and I I went down a really weird rabbit hole this week. Um, I'm part of um, I'm part of the leadership team for our local guild for Extra Life, which is a yearly gaming marathon charity event thing, and we're going to be at a bunch of uh, 
local uh, sort of geek-centered conventions this year, uh, running a booth to sort of get people in. And we're running a little gaming lounge thing. And I, I because a lot of what I do on YouTube focuses on retro games, I was kind of like, uh, hey, I can, I got a couple of old laptops here. I can put together like some, you know, little retro gaming stations with emulators that people can play some stuff. And they're like, that's a great idea. And um, I tripped over this program this week. It's this really weird open source product that's basically made by lunatics called Hyperspin. Um, and it's basically a really fancy graphical front end that you can put up for um, in front of emulators. So you can have like, it's got video previews in it and all this stuff. And you can basically pick the platform you want to play and what games you want. And it's designed to be done with a controller and everything. And I spent, oh, probably 20, 25 hours this week getting that working with... Uh, a whole bunch of emulators and going to weird websites to download like art asset packs for this thing and everything else. But uh, it's up and running and it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. But that was a weird like project that I ended up, I, I was like, this will take like an hour or two. And yeah, I spent four or five hours later. Yeah. It's that... been fun though. I, I like doing stuff like that and I'm, I'm unemployed right now. So things like that help keep me from going stir crazy. <laughs> so, so that actually sounds like uh, the retro pie. You heard about that? Yeah, it's a very similar kind of idea. Uh, so RetroPie is like a front end for the the Raspberry Pi that runs off of the RetroArch emulator framework. And right. uh, Hyperspin is crazy because basically most of the, the platforms that I've got running in this thing, everything except one of them runs RetroArch. The other one is MAME, so arcade stuff. And MAME is kind of undisputed for what it does. It's kind of the best what it is. But... The crazy thing is that Hyperspin plugs into another launcher application and you can set it up to run almost anything you want. Like it will hook into Steam if you want. It'll hook into Origin. You can run emulators for everything from like the Magnavox Odyssey up to like the GameCube <laughs> oh, wow. uh, or even or even the Wii and stuff like it'll hook into Dolphin. Like you can make it do. That's why people love it so much. And it's got this crazy big community because you can make it talk to almost anything you want. But, uh, you know, it gets more and more complicated the more layers you pile onto it. And if you want to make it look really slick, because, like, you can make it so that when you go into a menu, every game that you look at has, like, a little video preview that comes up to kind of show you what it's like. And there's an entire website that's literally just dedicated to people who have taken clips of retro games to build these video previews for basically the entire library of ROMs. Like, it's it's a crazy, like... It's it's a crazy voodoo rabbit hole you can go down with this thing, and you can go way deep with it if you want. <laughs> yeah, I can see I could see somebody like Connor really because so a uh, little bit of background from what I understand about you, Parallax, uh, mm -hmm. you have a degree in like software engineering, something like that. No, I don't have any degree at all. Actually, uh, oh, IT is okay. my background, but okay. uh, I I was lucky enough. I I got to do it without schooling. <laughs> oh yeah, that's lucky. Well, Connor's going to school for that. Okay. So he, um, that's he... finished off a trade school, and then everyone else is like, "No, you need a degree to do that." So I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, well, no, fine, absolutely, then. that's right up my alley. Um, when I got yeah. my Raspi, that's the very first thing that I did with it is. You know, instead of data collection or server, you know what? No, it's all about the video games, right? Yeah. So yeah. hearing about a system that, it, what went through my mind is, just because I like to fantasize, is now I want to see if I can get a Raspberry Pi to emulate a GameCube. So, mm -hmm. you know, do it from the start, The problem, the, yeah, the, the problem with that is you'd have to get the, the Raspberry Pi 2 
it can go up to like PlayStation One, yeah, it, and that's, it, it's that's not about it. Game. Yeah, it's a whole uh, My dreams of issue, really. portable F Zero GX are dead in the ground already. For well, now, anyways. Yeah, yeah, once they come out like It'll with the, ras- the Raspberry <laughs> Pi Three, probably will be able to do it. It'll yeah. probably be powerful enough. It's just right now the Raspberry Pi Two can go up to like PlayStation One, and that's about it. Same thing with. The Raspberry Pi 1 can do PlayStation, but it, you don't want to do it because it's right. very, very choppy. Yeah, um, we actually have a we have a local Raspberry Pi retailer where I live, and I I've never actually gotten to play around with one of those. One of the when I when I'm employed again, which I may be in the next week or two, I hope I want to go pick one up and actually start screwing around with it with some of that stuff for for sure. Because yeah, the the emulator scene on the the Pi is alive and well. There's no doubt about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh I haven't. I played some Rainbow Six Siege. I was playing some of that today, actually, and then my friend called me, and he has a kidney stone, so I had to take him to the hospital. Ooh, Ooh, Ricky, yeah. please be Ricky. It was uh, my friend Chris. It wasn't Ricky. Darn it, uh, screw you, Ricky. Yeah, and then I also played some Binding of Isaac earlier in the week, and that's about it. Uh, hmm. Rainbow Six Siege. Is, is, are you, you still digging Siege? I know everybody who's who's played it for a while has ended up generally really liking it. So I like it. I played the beta. The problem yeah. I have is I'm really, really bad at it. Yeah, <laughs> that so... was my problem, too. I played the beta as well, and I was like, I'm sure there's something amazing in here, but God, I'm terrible. Yeah, so it's my, my <laughs> reflexes just aren't quick enough. I don't know the maps well enough, and mm. I'm going against people who do know the maps really well, and so it just does not work out very well for me. But mm. I am liking it, and I kind of want to get better. The only the only first person shooter I've ever actually been very good at was the Halo series. So, mm. uh, and I was very I was very very good at Halo, but you know not pro status, but pretty pretty high up there. But it's just I was when I any time I get a different uh, game, I expect it to play kind of like Halo, and it doesn't, and then I I it doesn't work out for me very well. But uh, those two are the only games I've really been playing because of work, and I had mm. to buy a new car. So, uh, oh, you did in the end, eh? Oh, that yeah. freaking sucks. Yeah. So apparently, the guy who hit my car did six thousand dollars worth of damage. That's that's a, you know a small number. Yeah, yeah. You probably buff that out, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. apparently, he bent the frame. Oh, and, and that's not good. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I ended up I. Uh, got a six thousand dollar check, and I had to pay three thousand on my loan that was currently out. So I was, I was about halfway done paying up the loan, and there. So I paid that, and now I started a new loan, and I bought a Prius. Oh, I always figured he was a Prius kind of person. Yeah, so I was like, you know, it's a nice car, and it's super like. So my sister's boyfriend or fiance. He's super redneck. They have like seven trucks. Uh, they they own uh, they own uh, like a three acres of land and all that stuff. And so, you know, he was riding in my car, and he's like, "I hate to admit it, but your car's actually very comfortable." Wow! Yeah, in the Prius? In the Prius, yeah. Wow! Yeah, I don't impressive. understand why Americans don't like the Prius. Like, I get it; it's not very big or manly or American. But goddamn, that is a smooth ride, you know? It is. It is very smooth. And the one that I have is, it's a 2010 edition, and it had a bunch of upgrades on it. So it has leather seats instead of cloth seats. 
and yeah, hydraulics so... and no. <laughs> whatever yeah. those things on the wheels were in Ben-Hur. Yeah. You got it souped out. It has a uh, uh, navigation screen, so it has the the map right there on the screen. Hmm. Uh, six CD CD changer. Like oh, it, it's kind of decked out. It has heated seats and everything. It's really nice. That's so, cool. uh, so now I'm sadly having to drive a Prius around and getting like 50 miles to the gallon or something like that. So, oh, you poor thing. I know, poor <laughs> poor bastard. Uh, so let's let's jump into some news stories. Uh, who likes porn? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, all right. Totally. It's all right. <laughs> apparently, P- PlayStation users really like porn. So, first off, it, for some reason, it goes back and forth. Uh, Pornhub has been watched by, I don't know. So on the consoles, <laughs> apparently people watch porn on the Vita, 5% of- Can I just say how amazing consoles? it is that Pornhub actually did a study and infographic to be like, here's the consoles people watch our porn on. You know, so the, the, as someone who loves like graphs and just data in general, Pornhub is yeah. great. They, they know, they know- They know their analytics. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Second off, having a Vita in front of me, I wouldn't recommend it for jacking. Like the screen is beautiful, mm. but you, you gotta like balance it on your chin. Or, it, it's not gonna be too. It's not gonna no. be pretty. No, but all, this study also says that 8.9 percent watched it on the original Wii, which I'm like, that's not even high def, man. Like, geez. No. <laughs> or or the 1.3 percent on the 3DS. Ugh. All uh, dual maybe... screen, you know, that gives POV in a whole new perspective i guess but also i guess that maybe if they have the 3d porn they could be yeah, that's what that i was out. thinking if, if a website yeah. natively supported it which i know the browser doesn't so it's already well i don't know i guess you could download it and then do it because a buddy yeah. of mine downloaded all of how to train your dragon in like 10 minute increments and he was able to watch it in the native 3d like that so it's doable but not for, <laughs> maybe for not porn, that's kind of going but... out of the way that is yeah. That is strange, but so thirty-seven point nine percent of console porn traffic on Pornhub was done on the Xbox One, and forty-six point nine on the PlayStation. And I'm not sure if that's Xbox One or Xbox in general. And play- it just says Xbox and PlayStation, so I yeah. wonder if that's both of them. Yeah. Yeah, if it might be PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four, and then Xbox. Sadly, no Wii U at all. <laughs> no, no Wii U. Maybe it's clustered in with the Wii. Maybe. Yeah, that could be. That could but, be. Yeah, Man. I mean that's just You know, weird. I can honestly say that never once in my life has do has the idea of doing that through a console ever come to mind, but I guess yeah, I guess you especially since like browsers on consoles are generally fairly cumbersome. Like it feels like it would be a you know a bit of a process. It's not like they have an app on these things for that. No, I know I, uh, that I, I've I've totally done it before. like back then we had one computer in the house and you know i was pretty much the only one who used it other than for like taxes or anything important but it was still like in the family room it's not like i'm gonna do whatever there and it's like hey i I got this we in my room well maybe i I guess i gotta be a boy oh oh, well maybe it's a way to circumvent (laughs) parents like they don't want their parents to know that they're watching porn, so they don't mm. they don't do it on their computer because their parents can check the history. But then mm. they do it on the Xbox, 
or PlayStation because they don't think that their parents are going to find it there. I don't know. That's my theory. Seriously, guys, like con control, sh what is it? Control shift N incognito mode. No problem. Yes, but not all, all kids know about that nowadays. Yeah, so, I know. That's true. Uh, Microsoft Edge might not support it. That's true. Kids oh, these yes. days, they don't know. I don't know. Microsoft <laughs> Edge is weird. Uh, it is. The big, the big blue E. Yeah, the new in private window. Yep, that's what. Yeah, it's... there you go. So, yeah. I don't use Microsoft Edge, though. Honestly, it's not a bad browser. Nope, I use it for PDFs a lot. It's great for that. Yep. Yeah, it's all right for that. Yeah, it's not terrible. It they've stripped away a lot of the Internet Explorer stuff, which is good because Internet Explorer was bad. It was. So let's yeah. talk more about kids watching or doing bad things online. Mm. Uh. Man swears off Xbox after son spends $8,000 on FIFA microtransactions. Yeah. Just got to get that golden ball to you. I don't even... What kind of DLC See, does so he like... now, because this is the thing, right? Because I'm, I'm not really into really sports hardly at all, much less sports video games. But I know the thing with FIFA... FIFA is like this ultimate team thing, which is like you're buying... It's like a... It, like, has cards involved somehow and, like, card packs that you buy because you're trying to build... I don't know. That's the what the big deal is, though, is you can buy cards and stuff for their ultimate team mode. That's where all these, like, crazy big microtransactions come from. So it's like uh, Hearthstone. We'll, we'll say is that. Is it? I... Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything about FIFA except for. I know that it's like a... a separate mode where you're like buying, you're like building a team out of cards, and I don't know if you're competing with the team with other people or just playing the card game. All I know is it's insanely popular, and like there was that thing a couple of years ago where like a whole bunch of people were getting their Xbox and PlayStation accounts hacked because people were trying to like steal all their their expensive FIFA cards. Yeah, it's I remember a that weird thing. It is strange. So. Fucker's weird. <laughs> yeah. So Lance Perkins, his 17-year-old son, charged $7,625.88 in FIFA microtransactions. And his son said, oh, he thought it was a one-time fee for the game. Which? That is bullshit. Yeah. Like, okay, so yeah, he says he thought it was a one-time fee for the game. He's just as sick as I am because he never believed he was being charged for every transaction or every time he went onto the game. Like, okay, so did your son just think he was paying a one-time fee of $8,000 to play FIFA? Yeah, no, I, I think he... <laughs> what? I think his, his theory, his thought is um, he charged... Like the the two dollars would come up and he pressed OK on that and then it charged more and more and more and more. First things I want to talk about though, this guy gave his seventeen year old son a credit card with obviously an over five thousand dollar limit on the credit card for emergencies. Emergencies and family purchases, it says. Uh huh. That is. Uh, <laughs> That is a lot of money to give to a 17-year-old who doesn't have very good impulse control, obviously. My nephew had my sister's credit or uh, debit card information on his phone, and he ended up charging, I think, $80 on her card, and she got very not happy with him. And so I – but he was, I think, 8 at the time. 
So it makes a little more, bit more sense my nephew would do it. But this 17-year-old not knowing that he was charging it, because my nephew knew that he was charging money. Every time he did it, he knew that he was charging, and he was eight years old. This guy's nine years older than my nephew was at the time. He should know that when it says, hey, do you want to purchase this for $3? It's going to purchase it for $3. So mm-hmm. obviously this kid knew and was lying to his dad, but his dad yeah. bought it, I guess. So yeah. have you guys ever done anything like this before? No, I can't say I have. Like, yeah, I've used I... my credit card plenty with video games, and I've bought, you know, DLC before and things like that, but I can't say I've ever come close to doing that, no. Okay. I've never... <laughs> like, it's pretty obvious, at least in console games. Like, I, I don't buy a lot of stuff on mobile, so I can't speak to that, but I know in console games, like, if you're going to spend money, the thing makes it very clear to you and usually asks you to confirm at least once that you want to spend that. Right. You know? Have you ever done that, it's... Connor? Kind of, you know, I played Payday 2 up until the last uh, Crime West, Crime Fest, I mean. So, mm. it does bring up an idea of something that, as a, a so- as an engineer, as a someone who develops software for a living, you know, it, it kind of comes down to ethics on our part as well as on our employers. Because at the end of the day, if the employer says, hey, we need a system that people will give us, you know, 90 cents to the dollar just for a little bit of extra feature... If we're like, no, I'm not doing it, you know, we'll get canned and they'll fire someone else to do it. But additionally, come on, they, they, if you can rack up $7,000 in DLC and not even flinch while doing it, just for this card system or whatever, what what are you doing? Why can't that just either be in the game or not be in the game? This, this is almost like gambling at this point. Right. I can't imagine yeah. it working in any way where they're not getting exactly what they want by having $7,000 sank in there. That's a you know, lot it's... of money. That is that is more money well, than my old car costs. So that, That's more money yeah. than I ever had in a bank account. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, they, they said, uh, you know, they the, the, the guy, it says here, reached out to Microsoft, and they were like, nope, Bill stands, which, you know, means, yeah, they're, uh, I mean, number one, I don't necessarily blame them for taking the stance of, look, you know, there's the, the if, if you still went through with all these purchases, it's kind of your fault. But at the same time, yeah, it's kind of like you said is, you know, this is a game where there is $8,000 of stuff to buy, <laughs> you know, and like there is an actual means to spend eight grand in it. And that's kind of insane. You know, and honestly, there are times that this has happened and it gets big publicity like this and then Microsoft or whatever company will say, oh no, we'll reverse the charges. But I've been in the, like that employee of Microsoft, I've been in his position before where somebody calls in and says, hey, my bill was raised by, you know, $500. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have to do that I can I can get these charges reversed? And what we had was we had a, a one-time credit that you could get that would uh, change your – so I was worked at a cell phone company. It would change your plan from plan A to plan B for the previous month, and it mm. would basically retroactively change it. And so it would change it from like a $500 bill to have more minutes and, and internet usage so that the plan would be still more expensive than their normal bill but cheaper than what it was before. But my friend had somebody who called in, and she already had one of those plan changes. And then a few months later, 
same thing happened again, and she had like a two thousand dollar bill, and mm. and they're just like, yeah, we can't do anything, and unfortunately, it's, their hands are tied. That's that's their rules. They can't break the rules, otherwise they can get fired. So, uh, yeah. while it sucks, I kind of understand where they're coming from, but. I I could see that if he complains enough and he talks to higher ups, they might be able to reverse those charges. So yeah, so yeah, uh, he, follow up he, thought. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying. You know, the other point that this dude made was uh, he said that they were told the bill stands. Though he said whoever he was in contact with said they would look into it because he explained that it was a minor who made the who made the charges. Right. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it also says here, you know. They encourage parents to use the many platform and service features we make available to prevent unapproved charges, which that's the other thing. You know, it's you. It's very easy to set these machines up to make it pretty much impossible for things like that to happen. It's just most people can't be bothered. Right. Yeah. What were you going to say, Connor? Yeah, so if I could post a follow-up thought here really quickly. Obviously, this has happened before, and it's probably not going to stop happening for some time here. Um, it jogs a memory into my head of a video I saw on YouTube where it was a kid like 10 years old or 12 years old, you know, young, and he was doing a Let's Play of mobile games. And the whole point of the video is he found out his parents' account password, and he used that password to purchase the maximum amount of coins or whatever in the, the game he was playing. And, of course, people got outraged. Very similar to this story, just not seven grand worth. I think it was like $100 or something that he spent. Obviously, this kind of scenario is not going away. So how do we ethically keep it from happening, you know? The the quick mm-hmm. response that I could think is you got to have them sign some sort of contract, but then it's just EULA all over again. You know, nobody reads the EULA, but yeah. you're held accountable to it to an extent. You know, sure do that's... you guys have any thoughts as to how we can solve the problem without eliminating DLC? I... Which, you know, oh, that was my, that was my I... thought. Yeah, I mean, that, there's obviously that. That's the sort of most extreme option that, you know, I think the business will never will make sure that never happens. Yeah, but no I always thought the biggest thing they should do is that, the, you know, these consoles do have because I've, I've looked into it because I have, you know, I, I do some uh, in-home computer support work for people. And I get questions from parents sometimes about parental controls and stuff. So I've looked at these systems and they're fairly robust. And the main thing I think with them is that while they are there is that a lot of parents either don't know they're there or don't even know where to go to set them up. I think it should basically, I think one thing that would behoove these companies is maybe, especially when you buy a new console is when you turn it on to make it very, very clear when you're going through the process, you know, Hey, we've got parental controls it it, it can prevent you from doing things like, and one of those points could be, you know, accidentally spending way too much money on, microtransactions and basically going you know we have this do you want to set this up now because i believe it's been a while since i bought my xbox one and ps4 but i know i'm pretty sure when i set them up like during the initial setup wizard thing like it never even mentions that those are there um and i think a lot of people just don't think about it i think if they really put it in your face and be like look you do this and you're never gonna have to worry about this (laughs) yeah might be a good idea Maybe going along those lines, the first time you set up, maybe have it ask, hey, is this for a minor or is it for an adult? Exactly. Something like that. And then you kind of go through the settings to set it up, like you could limit transactions and stuff like that. Like limit it to maybe maybe have even a dollar amount transaction that you can make over a certain amount of time. 
Yeah. And if you have and if you say it's for a minor, you know, have it maybe preset up a bunch of, of limits and go. So we've gone ahead and done this for you with these parental controls. But if you'd like to change these, you can go right here and, you know, make it whatever you want. See, and that that would probably work pretty well. It just again, the problem is the what if the minor is the one who sets up the console and says, oh, I'm an adult. Yeah, and that's I mean, you can't cover are. every eventuality, right? But I think from the right. point of view of saying, look, we've done all we can, that's probably fairly reasonable at that point. You know, they can go, they could come out when something like this happens and go, look, we made it as stupid simple as possible uh, to set this up. And if you didn't, well, that's your problem. Right, pretty much. And that's kind of what they said anyway. <laughs> Was, yeah. yeah, well, we don't care. We encourage you to check out these not, things. Right? <laughs> yes. While you're working and, uh, your, your 90 hour work weeks to pay off that $8,000 credit card bill, we would encourage you to read this article on parental controls. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, my work week is, is pretty easy. I don't do much at my work, so that's nice. There you go. I go that's on Twitter time. a lot. That's, yeah. my, that's my work day. Um, <laughs> so, so if I could uh, f kind of finish up this topic real quick. Okay. Who do you guys think is at fault? Is it the son, the father, or the, the company? You know, the, who... Who makes FIFA? Is that electronic? Arts? It's EA. It's it's EA. Yeah. It's the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the sun's the one that did it. Uh, you know, for me, it's a combination. In, in my mind, the sun is the one that did it. The father is the one who was clearly not paying much attention until it became a big issue. Yeah. And, you know, the first couple of times this thing made the news, I was kind of like, well, that's, you know, maybe the company should at least refund some of it as a gesture of goodwill but when i hear how semi-regular this kind of thing happens you know and you hear about this with ipads and stuff all the time too with you know the kid who spent a billion dollars and simpsons tapped out or whatever after a certain point i'm just like you know what there's responsibility if you're going to hand your kid a piece of technology you can't just hand it to them and say okay here don't bother me you got to know what they're doing on it and if you're not to a certain point, you know, that's kind of your negligence, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of how I see it. For me, it's the kid. The kid did it. So, yeah, he he was 17. It's not like he was, you know, a five year old kid just pressing buttons. He's a 17 yeah. year old kid who knows what he's doing. He's almost an yeah. adult. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the age, the age factor is definitely important there. Uh, yeah. The reason I asked is because I have a little bit of insider information from a very big company you know, I'm not going to name the name, but they, they have a mouse as their, their thingy. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. You guys might know about it. Uh, and he does, he's they're one of their senior architects for their apps. The mouse? Right. The, no, the, <laughs> the, the my, mouse. My inside the source. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what they do is they, they make games that are for iPhones, iPads, you know, mobile, specifically because they've done their research. And what that shows is, Parents are much more likely to purchase a $10 app on a phone or even cheaper, understanding that while the kid's playing on the phone, they're not bothering the parent. You know, it's the, it's the new, it's the new ultra immersive toy. With yeah. this in mind, they have it designed, you know, like uh, like Farmville or something, where it's that very quick and repetitive reward cycle. So to, to maximize that, what they do is they'll have small little DLCs, you know. And it's not like it's anything new that I need to describe. It's, right. you know, pay 99 cents and you get 100 coins or something like that. But yeah. parents, like, surprisingly, I was surprised when I found out how much were drastically going over that route. Because why buy another toy? You have one here that you're still playing. 
and for a small little investment, it'll make it better. Right. It's it's really, especially in the mobile space. I mean, I remember I've read articles about like these companies that literally have like psychologists on staff to basically tell them, you know, this is how the human brain works, and this is how you should just you should how you should structure your monetization to take full advantage of the natural compulsive behaviors present in everybody. Like it's really kind of disgusting things. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm not gonna, yeah, it's, I'm not it's gonna pretty lie. horrible. <laughs> I've considered taking psychology as a minor specifically for that reason. Yeah. And it's it's pretty dark and shady, but that's that's software nowadays, guys. Be responsible oh, yeah. what you give to your children or even what you choose to indulge within yourself with because it, it can get dangerous to yep. to a point where we know your brain better than you do. So give us your money if you want that happiness. Yep, it's yep. it's that as you said that uh reward cycle because you work to and you try to get that reward because it gives us, you know, uh, an endorphin high. Got to get that dopamine. Yep. That, so, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's move on. Let's actually talk about something sad, and then we'll then we'll go back onto video game news. So, uh, listen, they're on the Reaton podcast. They're already sad. Yeah. <laughs> Reaton <laughs> Entertainment Podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go so, on. Uh, David Bowie and Alan Rickman died this week. Bummer. Um, yeah. David Bowie, obviously, pretty world-renowned artist in movies and, and uh, music and all that jazz. And then the Alan world Rickman, will never be the same without his crotch. Al- Alan Rickman, true. Uh, great actor. I don't even like Harry Potter. He was uh, Snape, I believe, in Harry Potter. And yeah. he was uh, he was in Galaxy Quest and, of course, a bunch of other things. things. And they both died at the age of 69 to, uh, to cancer, I think. Yeah. It so, has been 2016 has not been has not started off well in terms of really amazingly talented people leaving sooner than they should have. Right. It's been pretty um, awful. And then <laughs> Lemmy Lemmy died of cancer not too long ago either from Motorhead. I was pretty bummed out about that one. I like Motorhead a lot. Yeah. So yeah, me and too. I, I I believe Motorhead instantly just broke up. So, uh, yeah. you know, we I don't want to get onto it too much. Just wanted to mention that. And uh, of course, my friend Aroa. I think. I think I'm pretty sure Aroa liked all of them, actually. Well, yeah, I think David Bowie though died after the Reaton Entertainment podcast was recorded last week. So <laughs> no, like, I I remember that in the Skype log. He's like, "Gosh, why do people keep dying right after we're done recording?" Yep, yep. <laughs> well, no, like uh, Satoru Iwata. The whole thing about him dying came out while we were recording the podcast. Oh man! Yeah, so we we instantly switched topics and started talking about yeah. Satoru Iwata. So, yeah. uh, you know, just it sucks that that people are you know keep keep going away. I again, as I said, I didn't even like Harry Potter movies, uh, but every time I watched them, he was the only person that I really liked in the movies because he, he was talented too, like oh, Dogma yeah. or uh, Sweeney yeah. Todd. He's got a great singing voice. I was surprised. Oh yeah, he was he yeah. was great. So, but uh, he's I'm, a great actor. Yeah, I'm sure he's been dealing with cancer for a long time though. So yeah, probably. Uh, let's move on to another cancer. One uh, little thing I'll talk about before we do that. Just okay. uh, if if anybody's interested, there was actually there's a weird video game connection to this, which is that David Bowie was actually involved both musically and I think he might have had a role in uh, the first ever. 
David Cage game, which is a game called Omicron the Nomad Soul from around 2000-ish. Really, really weird sort of open world adventure thing that had fighting in it, and it was it was really weird. And uh, as a little tribute to him, Square Enix actually has Omicron free right now. So if you go to the Square Enix online store, you can actually download that. Uh, game for free right now and play it which is uh it's a weird game but bowie did this theme song for it and it's actually pretty cool good good that's so, yeah, so that's glad he brought that people. up i forgot all about it yeah me too yeah um yeah so let's but but let's move on to another cancer of the gaming industry ea so electronic mm. arts is doing actually i i i have nothing against electronic arts every everyone just seems to hate them so ea is doing their what is it? EA Access that they have on the Xbox or or EA Access, which is on the Xbox One, for five dollars yeah. a month, you get a bunch of games that you can play, and it does include new games as well. And this was actually brought to my attention by uh, Jerry, and he said that uh, they're coming out with the the EA Access or or is it Origin, Origin Access? Access Origin yeah, Access. Origin Access. same thing, but for PC basically. Yeah, and right now the fifteen games that are included for $5 a month are Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4 Digital Deluxe, Battlefield Hardline, Dead Space, Dead Space 2, Dead Space 3, Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, Digital Deluxe, Dragon Age Origins, Ultimate Edition, FIFA 15, Need for Speed, Rivals, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, SimCity, The Sims 3 Starter Pack, and This War of Mine. So for five dollars a month, that's a pretty good lineup. There's at least a few games in there that are worth playing. Totally, so, and uh, that apparently these packages, that, like these things, at least EA Access on Xbox One gives you some other stuff as well. Like you can get uh, early access to some rele uh, releases, like some new EA games that come out. Like if you have uh, that, like I know um, Battlefield Hardline, I think you got access to it like four or five days early. Uh, if you were a member and like they add games to the vault all the time and you get like automatic invites to new betas and things like that. It's uh, it's so, an interesting idea. I'm curious how it does on PC. It's a pretty good lineup they've got in there for that amount of money. I'll be honest. Um, when I was first researching it, I was kind of disappointed just mostly because of the game lineup. You know, it's five bucks. So it's like I can't be that sad, but it's just it seems more like a cash grab than anything else. But if. Being in this program offers you like insider bonuses, especially in the betas and stuff like that. That actually is pretty significant. Right. Well, we're we're out of the age of having demos or you know being able to rent games. Well, at least for PC that is. So mm -hmm. being able to have access to a game before it's out to really you know test your you know get your feet wet with it, seeing if you like it before you dedicate sixty or seventy or eighty bucks, whatever EA chooses to sell for. That's actually a big deal. I like it a lot more now for that specific reason. Well, and yeah, I mean, it you get those fifteen games, and it's what sixty dollars a year, something so, like that. Yeah. So basically, the cost of one new game for that catalog, which is supposed to grow over time as well. Right. Okay, so, so I think I might misunderstand what it is. I thought it was like fifteen games a month that are on a cycle. No. No. And then no. they add supposedly on... this. Supposedly, this is a permanent catalog that will grow with time. Right. They want to be, as they said, the Netflix of gaming. So yeah. they want okay. this catalog to be bigger and bigger. So other games that come out will also be available. I believe on the Xbox One, 
they have uh like the EA MMA game is on there and they have a bunch of other games that are available that are only available on the Xbox One. Yeah. So, uh, and like they I'll... have a an interesting thing coming up as well like what they call their Play First Trials which is that thing that gives you early access to new games. Um that game that everyone uh is that sort of indie title that they're publishing called Unravel, the sort of yarn game that everybody is really hype about. Uh this says right here uh you can play that uh the first two levels before release um if you're part of the the access program as well the origin access yeah yeah what Which were you saying connor cool. um i was just going to mention uh i i, I like it i I, forgot <laughs> I forgot everything i i i had more than that to say and i kind of forgot it i was listening to it all. Yeah. I, that's just that's surprisingly chill for ea like i'm not yeah. wrong for thinking that right i i don't I, think so i mean if you don't own these games or have not played these games already like there's a lot of hours and like these are like i've beaten all the dead spaces you know i haven't played inquisition but i played the battlefield games uh you know and like there's a lot of there's a lot of hours of a lot of value in there if you don't own that stuff already right, and like fifa 15 is eight thousand dollars yeah, yeah. Right. five bucks a month. I mean, best value. I, I think I'll send some canaries down before I go into the mine shaft, but that that sounds that sounds really good. Like, I, yeah. I'm hopeful that it's good. Well, I and, want that yeah. workout. And obviously, you could like try it out. Like, yeah. there can... are trials for, for at least there is for the Xbox version. I'm right. assuming there is here. Well, too. even even so, you could pay five dollars. And try yeah. it out, see if you like any of the games or if you think it's worth it, and if not, cancel it. I yeah. think that their point is, would would you buy all of these games? Probably not. I mean, there's a few games in there that I would buy, like uh, I have Battlefield 4, Dragon Age mm -hmm. Inquisition, SimCity, but you know, I wouldn't buy this War of Mine, I wouldn't buy the Needs for Speed game or, or Plants vs. Zombies. But If it was included in a $5 a month package, I'd at yeah. least try it. Exactly. Knows, I might like it, right? Exactly. It's kind in yeah. kind of like what Netflix <laughs> is, where they have their catalog. You pay eight dollars a month or something like that, and you just you watch what you want to watch, and and it's such a small amount of money, but if you get a million or two million people doing it, it adds up. So you don't act. And it's so recurring that, money. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's recurring money. So even if they don't release anything or they're not spending a bunch of money that's gonna take it and go away so uh i actually have it, it's kind of like a wwe network so i watch a lot of wrestling so the wwe network takes all the pay-per-views and they're ten dollars a month on the wwe network so it's ten dollars a month to get the wwe network and that includes the pay-per-views so right. There's only like three or four pay-per-views that sell a lot of pay-per-views. And so the other ones only sell about like 200,000 or 300,000 people watching. So if they have a million or a million and a half people subscribing to the WWE Network, even though they're not buying like WrestleMania for $60, $70 uh, in April, they're still over the course of the year making more money out of those million and a half people paying ten dollars a month. Yeah, and it's, that's it, you know it's the economics add up. Oh, you know it right. It's less money up front, but more over time. It's the same thing with like what Microsoft has been doing with things like Office three sixty five or something like that, where they're like, this is a subscription product. It's 
not you're not paying nearly as much up front, but over time you're pay you know they're making more off of you. Right, and so I mean, there's those people who would just buy you know the one game. They just buy like the Battlefield series, and they wouldn't play anything else. And this way, they get to try everything, and maybe kind of hook them on those other games too. So. Yeah, and it helps build, you know, keep player population up for some of these games like Battlefield Hardline and Plants vs. Zombies that may not have the largest amount of players online, but it keeps people in that. And uh, I think the idea with this as well, and I think this war of mine is sort of showing that, is I, I think I would wager, because that's the thing, right, on Origin it's kind of like you play on origin. It's not just EA games, right? They have games from a lot of other publishers and indie developers and stuff on there too. Or and games that from other companies that they have published too. Exactly. So. Right. So I would wager that, you know, they're probably, and I think that's what they were doing with this war of mine. Cause they didn't publish that game. That was an indie game. I'm guessing their eventual goal with this is hopefully to do something like Sony does with PlayStation Plus, which is that uh, they want to be able to add stuff that's not just EA to the vault. So they can add, you know, indie games or some of these other third party games and they can go, you know, over time, hey, look at all the extra value this vault has, because that's what people like about PlayStation Plus right now is because there's the free games every month and there's been a lot of indie games getting good exposure through that. And I imagine that's what they hope to build this up to is that they can build up the vault with enough stuff of theirs and other people's as well to make it more attractive. Like I wouldn't get in on this right now because I've, I've played a lot of what's in here, but uh, it, you know, if, if eventually they start to load it up with more third party titles and even weird little quirky stuff, I might, be like yeah you know these are things i might not buy on their own but maybe i'll try them this way yeah i was when i was a kid have, did you ever hear of the sega channel yeah i i, I knew about that i never had, tried it but i knew of it. i had the sega channel it was yeah. amazing um yeah. and basically it was similar to this you had a library of games it was different because it did rotate the library of games out every two weeks or a month it would yeah. rotate like, half the games would rotate out, the other half would stay. Mm. But I play, and it was, it was like 50 games you got, and you paid, you know, $50 a month or whatever. It was a little bit more expensive, obviously, than this, because it was one of the first of its kind. Yeah. But that was in the that was like the Genesis era, right? That was the Sega Genesis, yeah. Yeah. There's a, so it was so weird. There was a cartridge you plugged in, and then you plugged a, um, cable, like a actual cable, like coax into that cartridge. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then it would download the games onto the RAM of the Genesis, and you would play it that way. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was very very early like on demand streaming, really. Yeah, and I think in it its was way. was it um. There was a broadcast satellite one that happened in Japan that was similar. Yeah, that was Satellaview, which was uh, Nintendo's thing. Yeah, but that was, you could only play the games at a certain time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was much more restrictive. So this will be a little bit better because you at least will be able to <laughs> press play when you want to play it, which will be nice. Exactly, yeah, um, no, for sure. But let's uh, let's move on to EA being dicks because mm. we, we have to do that. Always uh, have to have the counter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now I know no one in here plays sports games, but no. apparently there was something going around online where EA was uh, putting like NCAA stuff up, and they haven't made an NCAA football game or 
uh, basketball game in a long time. Do you know why they haven't done that? Wasn't it? It was some weird. Well, it didn't have to something to do with like uh, the dispute that the NCAA has going on right now, because you know how um, I, I remember the, the big thing with the NCAA was because it's collegiate stuff like the players don't actually get paid, but there was a big thing going on because the NCAA was still was making a ton of money off of these players who don't actually get paid to play. And um, I want to say EA maybe either stopped producing those games or lost the license or something because of that. I, I, I don't remember because it's only I think it's only been a couple of three years that they haven't been doing those games. Yeah, so they got sued. Oh, they did get sued. Yeah. So oh. one of the players didn't even know that he was in the NCAA, I think, basketball game. Mm. And he went and he was playing the game with this kid, this like 10 or 11 year old kid. And the kid's like, wow, that's, that sucks. Or he's like, it's so weird. Like I'm playing as you and you didn't get paid. And the guy's like, yeah, fuck off. And you're right. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so he ended up, he ended up suing. So, uh, obviously student. So the, the, I think it's called student athletes. Yeah. Is, is what they fall under, and the reason why they don't actually pay them is because they're student athletes, so they don't have to pay them. So it's ridiculous because if so, if one of those student athletes gets injured and can't play the game anymore or anything, they're like, oh, sorry, you're getting kicked out of college. Sucks to be you. Yeah, <laughs> and so I honestly am on the side of, they should actually pay these athletes more than nothing. Like they should give, they should get something. They're paying the coaches millions of dollars. Their uh, playoffs and whatever they're called, like the the main game of the year, Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah like, I whatever think that might be. I don't yeah. know. I don't know sports. Or at least give Clearly, them a we cut love when their likenesses here. are used in things like video games and that, where apparently that was the thing that tick people off is that like the ncaa was getting paid for these guys to have their likenesses in games but the actual guys weren't right exactly you know at which is ridiculous like <laughs> at least something like that give them give them payment because they make yeah. a lot of money on these games like totally um i was watching somebody talking about when his likeness was used in a game and he didn't say the exact numbers but he's like, yeah, I was out i was out of town and so my mom had my mail and i told her to open it and look at it and she opened it, and she nearly fainted because of how big the check was. And yeah. that was one guy getting paid his royalty check from the game. And so they're withholding all those royalty checks from all of these student-athletes because they're student-athletes. So yeah. that's, I believe, that's why they didn't want to continue on with the NCAA series was because they didn't want to pay the student-athletes what they deserve to get paid. And... Yeah. It's honestly uh, college sports is a scam, a huge, oh, yeah. huge scam. Absolutely. So, uh, they're probably not making the NCAA football series, but I did want to just talk about uh, how bad college football and college sports are in general, and they should change it. They should at least do something. Like they should guarantee they sign something where, hey, if you get injured you still have your scholarship you're still going to be able to go through school like not just yeah. oh oh you uh you got injured well you're kicked out of school yeah because cause some of these people can't afford college college is really expensive oh yeah, yeah absolutely 
obviously, obviously, Parallax Abstraction doesn't know because he never went to college. But <laughs> no, but I know plenty of people who had and are, and yeah, I've I've heard I've I've heard tell of the financial pain. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't like having to pay my student loans off, but I know Connor you... Connor, you actually pay your college up front, don't you? Right. So me and my one meal every other day. <laughs> we appreciate your sympathy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you're eating like a king, actually. So you're like, yes, I get my half a sandwich today. Oh, uh, what I usually do is get a big old pizza, and that lasts me two days. Oh, so okay, think about that next time you get an indie game or something like that. This was fueled <laughs> off of starvation and sadness. Oh, good, good. <laughs> uh, so we actually had a we have a lot of stories we're talking about this week. So I'm trying to go through them pretty quick. We usually have about an hour long podcast. Yeah, how long are we here? A little about under an hour, an hour. five. Yeah, right, I mean, so... there's editing and and stuff that I got to do. You're gonna edit? <laughs> well, I I usually edit out the five minutes of BS that we do before the podcast. Anyways, go on. Um, <laughs> do you guys use back? Do you guys ever use your Xbox or anything like that for? background music or inserting music into video games anything like that so only because it's a little bit of an interesting story i have before kind of um so i've been on the record before i'm a, I'm a pretty big tabletop guy i love D and shadow run and Pathfinder. you know i love them they're great games and a buddy of mine introduced me to a website that would introduce ambient music um i don't remember the name mm. of the website right now but i could send you a link i could find the message anyways uh, I, I don't play at my house. It's too small. I used to play at a friend's house, and all they had was an entertainment system hooked up to uh, Xbox. So we used to stream it right off of that. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's, oh, okay. The idea of yeah, a website for like tabletop ambient music. That's actually a really cool idea. That is pretty neat. Um, yeah. well, this one, this so before with the Xbox 360, the Xbox, the original Xbox, and the Xbox. Uh, not the Xbox One. You mean the Xbox One? <laughs> yeah, the the One X, whatever. The first Xbox. The first Xbox. Uh, they they really suck at naming systems. I have to say that they really yep. are bad at like Windows Seven, Eight, Ten. Wait, what? Yeah. Anyway, well, there's a reason for that, but I I I know the reason, but still, it's because odd number their odd number ones don't do well. I don't think. Oh no, their odd number seven, ones do. It's every seven other one was also them. not the seventh release of Windows, so there's also that fun time. Yeah, it's called tabletop the tabletop yeah, audio. It. Tabletop audio. Yeah, it's free. Oh, wow. I think wow, they have this a is really cool. Thing. Oh, it's amazing. I can't like, click on that. You can't. A no neat idea. I can't because it'll feed back into the recording. Oh, okay. yeah. So uh, it just they got like everything from modern to futuristic to medieval. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, really so, cool. So when the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four came out, they didn't have the ability to play audio in the background. Which is, uh, can you even put music onto your Xbox One? You know, I've never tried, but I, I I seem to remember that yeah they I don't think it has because they they called it custom soundtracks on the uh, the old platforms on the the original Xbox it was built into some games and then on the 360 you could just do it at the system level but I I don't believe either of the current machines have that capability. No, and no. being a, a I play wrestling games and when you customize your characters, one of the things that you can choose is new music, and so. 
with the with like the Xbox, the original Xbox and the uh Xbox three sixty, I think uh some of the games you could actually choose your own entrance music. Which was always mm. always interesting to do. And yeah. because of the PlayStation four and Xbox One taking away the ability to put music on there, which is retarded because it's a computer. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, they're thinking about bringing it back. Uh, but they okay. said uh, it just won't come out anytime soon. So it won't be out before the summer. Do you think you would listen to music on your Xbox, though? Oh, yeah. Kids these days don't know the pleasure of playing Tony Hawk games with your own soundtrack playing. It was uh, amazing. That's I, true. Tony Hawk was... I, I have to say, the first two Tony Hawk games had pretty good soundtracks. No, I mean, yeah, they, they're great, but you can only listen to, uh, you, I don't know, The Offspring so many times before you're like, okay, next song. Was The Offspring in Tony Hawk? I thought they were in Crazy Taxi. Maybe. I think they were in one of the Tony Hawks, at least okay. partially. I liked, you know? I always liked Goldfinger, so... In, in Tony Hawk 2. So. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I, I lately have not uh, have not had much of a need for that because I tend to, for that for that feature, because if I, if uh, the, I like a lot of game music that does come out now, but especially with a lot of games that are big open world games or things like that where you, you know, you can only hear the soundtrack so many times, I often sort of will play that in second screen, something else, some other, um, some other content. Uh, and that that's just kind of my use case. But yeah, having the, ability to have something play over top of the um, uh of the game audio would be cool for sure and yeah if that's a feature they're going to add in a a future firmware update i think that would be cool for the people who like it cuz what was really neat about it on the 360 is because it was it was done at the system level uh and every game was aware of it being there it was neat because if you were using custom soundtracks the system automatically knew to mute the game's music so you wouldn't have uh, your music trying and the game's music trying to play over top of each other. Um, I don't know if they'd be able to do that now since they'd be introducing that feature after the fact. But uh, oh, they could, yeah, they you know, that. more yeah, options but... is always a good thing, right? I think you know if and I, I always hate to see a new machine come out that does that doesn't do things the previous one did, even if it was more of an ancillary feature like that. Yeah, like how Rock Band doesn't have online play. <laughs> right. <laughs> what were they... Oh, God. Anyway, I'm glad you brought up the fact that it would mute the inside track. Um, just mm-hmm. for the simple fact of uh, my user case. So I have hearing loss. So if ah. I'm playing a game with my music going on in the background as well like that, and all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere where I need to listen to it, I'm kind of boned. Whereas if you could do one little command, you know, if you could call a function that says, hey, uh, until I say start again, mute the music for a while, that suddenly makes me want to explore your world a lot more than I already am. Because I got to tell you, if if something's going to come out unexpectedly and start telling me to do something, and I have to stop the game, turn down my music or whatever, go into my uh, audio audio mixer or something like that, that's a lot of effort. And I might just decide, you know what, I'm not doing it. I want my music more than I want this little side quest. And that's very counterproductive for the point of having people do that anyways. The point is you want people to explore your world. Having mm. this feature would make people, especially in a sandbox style games, but really for any game, it's going to make your world feel a lot more alive just because the player's going to get immersed better. See, and I, I honestly never listen to my own music while playing games. I'm, I guess I'm weird. I, I just will, if I am playing a game by myself, I usually have like a TV show off on the side. 
That's uh, more what I've been doing these days, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, usually I'm streaming, so I legally can't have music playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I don't want it to get muted or something. Except for yeah. uh, Rock Band Night when we get to 750 followers on Twitch.tv, which won't happen. Uh, nice plug, bro. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, talk about, now, Connor, you brought this up. Your now we're going to talk more about Xboxes. At least we're keeping kind of a theme: EA and Xbox. Uh, it's been those two today. Yeah. So, you Brent, you talk about this. You want me to talk about the the audio? Sure. No, no. The other thing you brought up: the Xbox 360 disc. Oh, tracking. okay. Goodness. Good transition, yo. Nice segue. You're welcome. Okay. So I was um before we started this off, I was browsing just for more topics in case we blew through everything else. Which, you know, totally happened this time, right? And one of the things I saw that I kind of remembered seeing before was that there was a class action lawsuit against Microsoft because people were saying that some of their console discs were getting scratched up. So if you go into the article and you read it a little bit more, essentially their case is they have evidence stating that the consoles were designed with scratching the discs in mind. Like there was something they they saw, could have prevented, and chose not to. And Microsoft is kind of pointing the other finger and saying... We don't know what you're talking about. It must be misuse on their side. So anyways, it's going to be going into the uh, Supreme Court. They're going to decide if Microsoft is going to have to actually you know, do reprimandation for people who own a 360 and had scratch disks or something. Re- reparations? What did I say? Reprimandations or Rep- something Rep- like that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, I... This They're saying that only 0.4% of owners have reported disk scratching. I'm thinking that if there was disc scratching on Microsoft's part, that they were actually intending for it to happen, or, or that it happened in a ton of consoles. That you'd it, see at least the one. Yeah, you'd see at least a couple percent. Because like, people, especially with the vein of the internet now, like people complain instantly when something is going wrong. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes they complain when things are going right. That, that's true. God damn it, yeah. this game is too good. I spent eight thousand dollars. I spent eight thousand dollars on this game. Um, uh, oh man, so and, easy. Yeah. So, have you guys ever experienced a scratch disc while inside a console? Yeah, I've had a disc shatter in a console before, actually. Uh, what console? Ooh, wow. uh, the original Xbox and Halo Two. Oh, oh were wow. you playing it for too long or something? I don't know. Um, I mean, it was it was a long session. It was like a Saturday and nothing else is going on. Uh, but I don't want to say it was like the longest session I've ever done before. I was playing with a bunch of people on live and like things started getting really weird. The connection timed out or something like that. Or at least that's what I thought. And then I could just hear the sound of plastic being frictionated against itself. Sure enough, I opened the disc and my copy of Halo 2 was in like 20 pieces. Huh. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow, I've never had that happen. Um, yeah, I've never had a disc shatter, but I did have. I I went through. Uh, I I'm on my fifth Xbox 360 now. Uh, oddly enough, only two of those red ringed. The first two actually died because the uh, the disc drives uh, failed, but only one of them uh, did I have a problem where basically what it would do is. Uh, and it did this to only one game. It was um, 
occasionally you would press the eject button and it wouldn't fully spin down the disc before it lowered it on the tray. So oh. you'd press the eject button and you'd hear it go as the disc hit the plastic. <laughs> and uh, and I, I was like, well, that's, that can't be good. And I took it out in the disc. It wasn't scratched beyond usability, but it definitely had some nice little rings on it. Oh, that sounds bad. But shortly after that, it stopped reading discs entirely. So I was like, all right, well, send number two back. <laughs> yeah, I had my Xbox. I never had it scratched discs. I did have the original Xbox that I had. The disc drive was bad in them. Like a lot of them, after a while, they would just stop working. So my right. disc drive was going bad where it wouldn't open. And so I would have to wait for like a clicking noise and then I would hit the top of the Xbox and the disc tray would open. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was fun. Uh, and then I know there were some consoles like the Atari Jaguar CD that actually had like the, the tray would close so hard on the disc that it wouldn't, it would cause it not to spin, which could cause the, um, motor in there to go out or it would close so tight that it would actually scratch the disc yeah I never had one of those thank god somebody no. somebody tried to sell me one of those or, or trade me my playstation for one of those and um, <laughs> oh that would have been a bum deal <laughs> that would have been a bad deal but Oof. thankfully I, I didn't do that I later I got my playstation stolen by one of my mom's friends though so that's oh, good nice. yeah um <laughs> But yeah, if, if anyone knows, listen to the, or or if anyone's experienced like disc scratching, like li listen in the comments below. I'd be like, I would like to hear, uh, what you think about this. Do you think they would intend to do it, or it was a oversight, something like that? I think it I highly doubt would... it was intentional because a company, yeah. you know, a company that big wouldn't do anything like that intentionally that would open themselves up to huge liability. Right. Like that's just bad business, right? Well, they missed, I mean, obviously they missed the red ring thing. Um, well, yeah, exactly. But and, and even that wasn't intentional. That was just bad product yeah. design. Yeah. But they, they, they didn't assume people would actually use consoles for that long in one sitting. Yeah. But they, <laughs> right? they did throw a billion dollars at fixing that mistake. So they did. They and, did. So, I mean, it's obviously, yeah, Microsoft, they're not the greatest company in the world, but the, I don't think that they're going to intentionally screw over their fan base no. like that, especially because it, they understand that if they screw over their fan base, they're going to switch to the PlayStation. That's Which, I mean, they are. I think the Xbox One's launch proved that very clearly to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know that uh, you know you push you push too hard, and people are going to be like, "No, nah, I ain't that loyal." <laughs> yeah, to you. everyone has a bursting point. <laughs> well, and, exactly. And, yeah. and here's my thing: I when they announced all the stuff about the Xbox One and how it was going to be online only and stuff, the online only upset me a little bit. But they had mm -hmm. a bunch of additional features on there that I was like, "That's actually pretty cool." Like you could share accounts, uh, yeah. you could let your friends borrow games over the accounts. And yeah. so people are like, well, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. There and, were some good ideas hidden under that not great core. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. Steam is doing the exact same thing with yeah. with their, like, Steam family sharing and everything. And people are praising them for it. Yep. And I was like, man, I really liked that when it was on the Xbox One. But then you guys started bitching <laughs> and took that away. Yeah. Because it would be yeah. great to it, it would be great if I was like, man, 
I have Halo 5. I don't want to play it right now. Oh, my friend's playing Halo 5. So, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, now, the thing I find funny about this whole story in particular is just that, you know, this is just, go, you know, going to court and stuff now. And this is a case involving scratched 360 games. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, this console that's that's rapidly dying off. It's like, yeah, now we're just getting around to that. <laughs> but I wonder if if it did come around, what would they have to do? Would they have to give every Xbox 360 owner or previous Xbox 360 owner and like X amount of money? It's probably one of those things like there's been it was like the class action lawsuit over the hot coffee mod. It's one of these things where they they basically the company's forced to set aside a certain pool of money. And then you can go to a website and basically say, yeah, I was one of the people affected by that. And you get your tiny little payout, which is usually like I think in the GTA hot coffee case, it was only like a few dollars or something like that. Well, they did. But you could. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say but you could just go claim it. Yeah, they did that with a year or two ago um red bull yeah that's okay. what i was gonna mention yeah red bull had the advertisements red bull gives you wings and oh. apparently that's false advertising because it doesn't actually oh god yeah and so, i know it's crazy right so they were offering <sighs> i think i think their their plan was you could get five dollars actual money or ten dollars in red bull products Right. If you were a U.S. citizen. Right. So, yeah. Really, you just need to drink ten dollars worth of Red Bull in one sitting. <laughs> and if you believe in Christianity, you know, you become an angel. You get wings. Yep. You have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> you have a heart attack. I actually, I tried to do it, but I think their site was bogged down or something. I actually don't like Red Bull, so. Yeah, me I neither. I wasn't too bummed out about it, but it's it's just stupid stuff like that. I think that. The PlayStation had a, or Sony had a class action lawsuit that was similar, which only gave people like four dollars or something like that. Like that's what most of them are like. Yeah, rather than try to figure out everyone who was involved, they just go, okay, set aside this amount of money and people can claim it if they want. Sometimes you have to like prove that you owned one of the affected products. Other times you can literally just go, uh, you can literally just go like, yeah, I was affected by this, and they'll go, okay, here's a few dollars. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's obviously we just have to find all the class action lawsuits that will do that and get our four or five dollars from all billion ones that do it. Yeah, and then new we'll business become, model. Yeah, yeah we'll we just need to approach us like EA is approaching uh, access. You know, if yep. a thousand people do five dollars here and five thousand, you know, it's, it make it pays for itself. Pretty exactly. soon it adds up to real money. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and that's kind of the way that Square Enix is going. Yeah, actually. Yeah, with their episodic Hitman. Yeah. That wasn't the worst segue I've ever had. (laughs) Last one was better. That is all right. Yeah. Yeah, this this thing is this thing is really weird. This whole new like and I'm a fan of the Hitman games. I actually one of the people who will defend Hitman Absolution, but this is uh this is a weird uh thing that they're doing with this. The whole thing's been weird from the beginning. Yeah, because from what I understood before you would pay $60 and you would get basically the full game and then as you as you went on it would they would release new missions and stuff throughout yeah. the year so they would keep working on content throughout the year now it's being changed into a fully episodic game yeah which, which I, I guess the idea is supposed to be 
uh, larger releases of content on a set schedule rather than sort of a drip feed over time, which is how the other was going to be. Yeah, it yeah. my so what's the play structure? So is it, it's, is it still you can buy the whole thing for $60? I think so. Like apparently a bunch of people who did like digital pre-orders on the PS4 were actually getting canceled and refunded, but uh yeah, I guess I don't I I I think it's going to be one of those things where going to be kind of like a telltale game where you're going to be able to buy the episodes individually or if you buy a season pass or whatever you call it you you know are getting a certain amount of them for free so basically you pay less overall if you buy it up front kind of deal uh i'm not necessarily opposed to this if it's if it's done well but the first thing that a lot of people said when this news was announced was you know what square is doing with the final fantasy 7 remake which has got a lot of people really nervous and they're like oh geez what are they going to do with this i um, i We'll wait until Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out before I make my judgment on it. Me too, yeah. So, uh, Yeah, I, I'm curious about it. I mean, I, I'm a big Hitman person, so like I, I like those games a lot and the way they go. And like They were talking a big game when they announced this new Hitman about things like they were going to drop a, uh, a new... They were going to regularly drop like new missions and new scenarios where they were going to be like super complicated and they would give like the community as a whole... Uh, like the goal was going to be to complete the assassination first, but they were going to be super complicated runs and they were going to give everybody like two days to like look at the scenario and like plan and like plan their assassinations and everything else because uh, they could be like multi-hour things. Would it be planning uh, then, like like we did in uh, Payday where we just drew dicks on the map? <laughs> the... I'm sure you could do that if oh, you okay. want. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But it was it was supposed to be fairly complicated, but it was that was the whole idea is that because it was like I don't know uh, you said you you played Absolution. Yeah, I have Absolution. Yeah. Did you play the online contracts mode? A little bit. I was very bad at them. So was I. But yeah. it, that it's kind of, it, it's the expansion on that, which is the idea in contracts was that users could take the game's maps and assets and characters and things like that and basically design their own custom scenarios with their own like win conditions and scoring conditions. And that's what this was supposed to be was sort of a much bigger version of that. Uh, and that there was going to be all these large scale challenges and stuff going on. And the idea, I guess, with the original one was that, yeah, you were going to pay 60 bucks. You were going to get a certain amount of content up front, but they were going to keep dropping more later and then doing these challenges and stuff. And now that it's episodic, like they haven't even really gone into that much detail about what that means. Like if it's just, the campaign's going to come out in chunks or if, uh, yeah, they're just going to do bigger content drops, but maintain the same model. I don't know, but, uh, I'm curious to see how it turns out. Cause it's, I could see it being something that could work well, especially when I looked at stuff like that contracts mode, or they could really screw it up and it being square Enix, it could go either way. I, uh, I, I like some episodic games. Um, yeah, me too. So, so here's my my thing with episodic games. I like episodic games after they're fully released. Yep. So, mm, <laughs> like, yeah. I, if, if I, you didn't mention it, I was going to. Yeah, like I like. Yeah. I, I like the game being. I like just I'll wait. Like a, the only game I I didn't wait for to be released before I bought it was like Fables, um, mm. or The Wolf Among Us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was that's, a good one. So, which was, you know, the adaptation of Fables. So, 
you know, I bought the game and then I played the first couple episodes and then I had to wait like three months before the next episode came out. That one was really bad in terms of the having long delays and inconsistency. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Like if, if Square could come out and say, the, if this is going to be episodic, but this is the schedule we're releasing on rather than doing what Telltale does, which is, yeah, there's going to be five episodes and we'll release them. I don't know. We'll figure it out. This year sometime. Uh, yeah, if if Square could come out and say, because this is what Capcom did with, I think it was Resident Evil, was it Revelations 2, I think it was? It was an episodic game, and they were actually dropping a new episode of that like every week or every two weeks on a consistent schedule. Basically, the game was completely done when the first episode shipped, so they were able to maintain an exact schedule of release for it. If they could do this in, in a similar way, where at least you know when the episodes are coming, that wouldn't be too bad. But if it's like pay a bunch of money up front and we'll get them to you when we can. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, you know, I, I I think about this and, I mean, when has Square Enix really ever delayed a product? Well, Deus Ex, uh, the new Deus Ex has that, been delayed like seven times. That was me being sarcastic because <laughs> they delay everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they yeah. delayed uh, Final Fantasy XIII was originally supposed to be for the oh, PlayStation yeah. 2. Those never come out on time. Uh, what Final Fantasy fifteen, Final Fantasy well, Final Fantasy fifteen was supposed to be Final Fantasy thirteen versus, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, I think so, or some version of that originally. Yeah, uh, freaking the real Final Fantasy fourteen didn't come out for two years after the game was released. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because they fucked up the first time. Uh, yeah. like they're just. They're not very good with keeping consistent schedules. That's my problem. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably going to come out for the PlayStation 5, I would imagine. <laughs> Which, sadly, yeah. I could see happening. Uh, so, seeing them take this game and making it episodic, that just worries me, because I could see them waiting, like, six months in between episodes. Because mm -hmm. they want to make it perfect, or something like that. Which, obviously, you want a game to be very good when it's done, but I would rather them delay and release the full game at one point than release it in episodes. Because I just want to sit down and I just want to play a game for 10 hours and beat the entire game. That's what I do. Yeah. Could I, yeah. Uh, could I take a moment to just drop my 10 cents on the topic? No. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. When it comes to the way that they release it episodic, I really like it specifically with games like Telltale. Um, for the first Walking Dead game, I had like four weeks in between episode four and five. And spoiler alert, that still wasn't enough time to cope with what happens. I was crying like a baby at the end. Yeah. And <laughs> I feel like a game like Hitman, it just wouldn't benefit. Now, here's my reasoning why. That time in between, it gives you an awful lot of time to sit down and reflect on everything that's going on, you know? It lets you adjust yourself even to how you want the story to go and all the possibilities of how you think it's going to go. A lot of those games kind of come from the pleasure of being able to kind of play it within your own headcanon, too, you know? Right. You're like, mm -hmm. you know, Lee is someone who I got to really like just because, you know, he was a foil of myself. And... I feel like having that same experience with somebody who is well-developed, like Agent 47, wouldn't go well. I wouldn't be, you know, developing the story on my own or experiencing better. I'd just be bored. Right. And that's and, what I worry when yeah. I hear 
best. Well, and and I I totally get that from that perspective because when you're playing as Lee, that's basically what you would be. You're trying you're kind of putting yourself in there. It's a what is it? Mary Sue? Is, is uh, I I understand what you're talking about. It's uh it's like straw man representation. There is an actual yeah. word for it. In it's like it's like the idea where you're the character is supposed to be someone that where you transpose yourself and put it's, yourself in their shoes, kind of thing. It's Bella. So, you know, it's Twilight. Bella from Twilight. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, a Mary I Sue. Total Biscuit would so say bland. she's a pair yeah. of trousers. <laughs> is the term he would use. A uh, Mary Sue is somebody so bland that they fit in for everybody. So very much like Bella. Um, I don't think Mary Sue is the right term, but it's on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, with with Agent Forty Seven, Agent Forty Seven has his own character, his own personality, uh, which is kind of limited, to be honest. But yeah, it's and, definitely more defined. He's made dramatic decisions that I may or may not have made myself. And there's and there's a difference here. So the style of gameplay found in most episodic games, like The Walking Dead or The Wolf Among Us, it's an easy game. The Hitman games, let's say you play two missions. And then you're like, okay, I have nothing else to do. I can replay those missions, but nah, I'm not going to do that really. So when you come back, you know, two or three months later when the new episode's out, you may have maybe not forgot how to play, but you might not play as well as you did before. Well, here's another viewpoint here. Hitman is definitely more of a puzzle game than a Telltale game is. Once you find out the riddle, the magic kind of goes away. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, Um, very much. Also, you kill a lot more people. Eh, at least what I'm. Saying. Oh, you aren't playing Telltale games, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I I try to save the people, except for uh, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but I I did let one kid fall. I'm like, well, bye, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But apparently that didn't really matter because it would have happened anyway. Because that's how Telltale games work. Yeah. Uh, so. What are you guys? I, I'm pretty sure I understand what Parallax is thinking. He's probably going to buy uh, Hitman. I mean, I'm waiting to see. I I I I did a cheap pre-order on it through a special promo a retailer up here had going on back when it was announced. So I I have that for now. But I'm I'm going to wait to see if it comes out and the initial content offering is sparse. I probably you know won't keep that and I'll wait till they they put it out a little bit more. But um, I'm going to wait and see. Like, I, I hope they do it right. Cause yeah, I, I really enjoy, uh, the Hitman game. So I, you know, I would re- very much like to play it, but, uh, yeah, if it comes out and it's really, really thin and it's one of these, yeah, we promise we'll, we'll make this right at some point. Don't worry. I'll be like, I'll wait for you to do that. And then I'll give you my money. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. what about you, Connor? You're, you, you really like stealth games. I do. I love stealth games. Uh, and for that reason, I, I don't know. I just like I mentioned, I'm really hesitant to jump headfirst into this episodic release because I, you know, I've played through uh, Blacklist, for example, like five, six times now, which, you know, it's an older game. So that's about right. But I mean, I did it like immediately within, you know, the first six months of it coming out. I, I knew the maps like the back of my hand. So if I only have two or three maps to do, I'm going to really burn through that stuff fast. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even. Mm-hmm. Even me, who I suck at stealth games. Um, the only stealth game I'm actually decent at is Payday. And, and you're not even yeah. that good at that. Yes, I am. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so I'll probably to, to be fair though I'm stupid so I'll probably buy it on release or near release probably off Green Man Gaming just because so what, of... you, what you could do is buy me a copy and be like hey do a review I'd do that you, you know but yeah. but here's the thing I don't like you and... Bye everyone <laughs> No uh <laughs> it depends on my financial situation uh cuz I I do want more reviews for my site but I'm also poor. <laughs> so, uh, well, can't you uh, get a review copy maybe? No, the problem with getting review copies for games like Hitman is that they are high profile games. I could probably get a review copy for like little indie games easily, but getting review copies of games like Hitman or, or Final Fantasy or, or something like that, especially from such a company as Square Enix. Uh, it's a lot more difficult. So when I worked at uh, the other website, Lucifer.com, I was able to get review copies of like the original Payday and a bunch of like little games from Sony um, that were releasing as digital downloads, and also some PC games like some side-scrolling platformers. Uh, I got a Space Simulator review that I gave to Ricky. Uh, got to the mute to the moon that Ricky reviewed. Yeah, you know, so I got a bunch of little games, but when I emailed them asking, when I emailed Square Enix asking for uh, Final Fantasy thirteen, I think or thirteen two, they said no because uh, we didn't have the numbers to support that. So well, I pro- maybe maybe they just knew that game was awful, and they're like, we don't really want this out in the public. Someone's making us. No, because we had to submit. We would have had to submit like some. Like, you have to pay a company to do, like, a thing for your site where they review your traffic. And we would have had to submit that. And then if our numbers met what they wanted, then they would have given us the review copy. But, you know, Lucifer.com's, uh, it's it's a it's more popular than ReadingEntertainment.com, but it's not much. So let me, uh, let me just, let me just uh, slap some rap at you here. So I'm pretty good at computer stuff. No. So... So what you're saying is I could write a virus that infects and spreads itself and just have it so, hey, the computer's idling or something like that. Uh, go ahead and open a process, open up a browser, go to this website, and then close it. Bam, traffic's up a little bit more. Well, the problem is it would unless you had the thing to change your IP as well. Uh, the way that no, I'd might... infect other computers. Oh, the way that you might want to do it would be to use like a Tor browser, which changes your IP depending pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. I could do that. Set up a render farm. Hey, I got a Raspberry Pi. I could have a render farm with that, you know? Yeah, then I could it's have not thousands. a render farm, a, uh, a view farm. Uh, but just, I... just saying, we can get free review copies out of this system. Uh, what we'll, I... we'll, what we'll table saying? this for now, but we might have something going here. What were you going to say? I think... Me? I thought Parallax was saying something. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, what I was going to say is that they usually find out about that stuff, Connor. Especially since, I don't know if you noticed, we're putting this podcast online where people can listen to it <laughs> oh, oh damn that's we what we're doing hi <laughs> future employers i don't do malicious things no nope. i'm not evil hey that they might actually hire you hire you because of that yeah that's true so mm. do it anyways you know for the glory <laughs> of video games yeah uh but uh, we'll take a look it really depends on how much it's gonna cost because like i've bought games from Green Man Gaming for like $35 on release day. Um, so if I was able to get it for like half price or something, I might do that for you. 
but you, the thing about review copies is if you're getting a review copy from an, like a publisher, they usually give it to you early so that you have like a week to play through it. Sometimes a week, sometimes like three days to play through it. So it really depends. And especially again with Square Enix, I don't know if I would be able to get something from them. I could probably get it, get review copies because I got a review copy of uh, uh, Neverwinter for you. Really? Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that, Perfect World Entertainment, those smaller companies, just emailing them and being like, hey, can I get in the beta? I'm I'm from the press. And they'll be like, sure thing. So it, it really yeah, Sometimes depends. that's all it takes. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest part is just emailing and asking people. So, I mean, I could email them and ask them, but I can't guarantee that it would actually help. As a member of the IT team for one building out of, like, 20... I gotta say, just saying I'm with IT and flashing my special badge, sometimes they open the door for me. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Pretending like you belong is, strangely enough, a very viable tactic. That's also considered what's considered social networking. Oh, I, I don't do that social. So part. so you could go up and <laughs> you could go up to any place. Like if you're uh, if you're going to certain buildings, be like, hey, I'm with the IT department. I'm just gonna check out some of the servers, and if you sound professional enough they'll let you back into their server room so you can steal data i've never done it but uh you know people can do that which is fun i guess that is a thing that is possible yes people like employees at reading entertainment yes don't let us in your building <laughs> except <laughs> yeah, don't let us in your building hi i'm reading and they're like no <laughs> no i um, know about you right mm. so we're pretty much wrapped up with the podcast. We've been going on for about an hour and a half. Um, mm. Thank you both for being here. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. It was good fun. Yeah, so I don't want you being alone. I, ha I have to do my. Static. I have to do my two minutes of whoring. Okay. <laughs> okay um, so you can also you know, always follow me on Twitch www.twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Again, trying to get up to seven hundred and fifty followers so that we can do a rock band gaming night before I move to my new house, which I don't know where that's going to be. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reeton or www.twitter.com forward slash Reeton. Uh, you can follow me on Hitbox, which I never stream to, but that's Reeton Abdul. And you can buy stuff. I have a little link down below from Green Man Gaming. Actually, Parallax Abstraction is the one who told me about it. Uh, you mm. can have a little affiliate link with Green Man Gaming. If you're a new time, new customer of Green Man Gaming, you, I would get 5% of that initial purchase. If you've already bought stuff from Green Man Gaming and you go through that link and you buy again, then I get 2% of that purchase. Uh, you can also follow Parallax Abstraction on Twitter at PXAbstraction. Is that correct? Yeah, P yeah PX Abstraction is my personal one, and PXA Media is where I, I talk specifically just about my, my content that I put up. Yeah, I don't I don't follow the media one just because I just follow your... Uh, I post PX everything Abstraction. to the personal one too, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Parallax, is it PX Abstraction on YouTube? Yes, PX Abstraction on YouTube, and I also run a, a blog that has links to all my other content, which is at geekbravado.com. So yeah, was, people, uh, that's sort of a central place where people can find everything I do. Yeah, kind of like readingentertainment.com. Uh, exactly. And then you can follow Connor at Nemesis0320 on Twitter. It's great. I sometimes get really passive-aggressive and angry. Yes. So you're a Twitter user. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't get passive aggressively angry. I just get angry and you just get aggressive aggressive. Yeah, yeah I just get yeah. aggressively angry. The two great uses of Twitter is this is cool, I'm gonna share it, or this has me furious, I'm gonna or talk I about it. I hate this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um pretty much. Uh and then I think Nemesis has a YouTube that he never posts to. Is that Nemesis Zero Three Two Zero as well? Uh it's actually a subset back when uh I was doing stuff with a Larry. If you I wanted to get me a review copy. I'd probably make a whole new one. So tune in later, users. <laughs> Listeners, I mean. He, he's always begging for free stuff. It's funny. Um, and then you do have a Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash nemesis 0320. Yep, and I actually logged into it the other day. Now, Parallax nice. Abstraction, do you actually have a Twitch? I do. It's twitch.tv slash pxabstraction as well. Um, I haven't been... Uh, streaming a lot lately, but I, I might do some more soon. I, I'm trying to, I, I stream to my YouTube channel as well, just cause I have more, uh, more subscribers there. But, um, yeah, usually if I'm streaming something, you'll see it in both places at once. Yeah. See now what do you use restream or do you just stream? Uh, I tried restream it. It works fine. Uh, my PC just barely, but it does have the ability to stream to both at once natively. So, um, I usually do that if I can, but restream works pretty well. From what I understand, a lot of people will, like the the major gamers, will usually have a streaming computer, and then they'll have like their actual computer that they play games on. Yeah, yeah, and, that's way too that's way too much for my too rich for my blood. But yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, but it no, I mean it's yeah. This machine's getting a little tired, but it, when I'm employed, my I have a another build that I want to do that will have no problem doing all that stuff. Correct, so. correct me if I'm wrong. I remember you have a 2600K. Um, yeah, it's a 2600K overclocked to 4.6 gig right now, which you, uh, which works well. And then a 760 graphics card? Uh, 970. 970, okay. So you can yeah. almost play Crisis. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, maybe in another generation or two. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the 2600K, honestly, for what it is, is a decent... Oh, it's good. The main problem with this machine is it's just, it's got so many hours on it. Like I originally built it in 2011 and it's got so many hours on it. It's just starting to do weird things uh, sometimes. And I I think some of the actual hardware and it's just getting tired. So my goal is to kind of refresh it with uh, a whole new one that I can do renders with faster and all that other stuff. And then I probably, um, there's a, a, a kid who uh, lives locally here who uh, was sort of the, uh, they call him the Chio champion. He's basically the cha- the the sort of um, kid for our local children's hospital that they who was doing a lot of promotional stuff for them last year. He's a really good kid who has a, a terminal illness and uh, oh. really loves video games. And he's currently gaming on a an okay but not fantastic laptop. So when I can build a new uh, machine, I'm probably going to use this one to do virtualization on for some certifications for a couple of months, and then I'm probably just going to give it to him so he has a better gaming computer. Yeah, well, that's probably the best plug I've ever seen on this web, on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, thankfully, yeah. thankfully the when my when my computer died, my uh my motherboard fried. I thought my processor fried as well, and so I got a new processor. But I have connections, so I got a forty seven ninety, not the forty seven ninety K, just the forty seven ninety for one hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah, that was a yeah. it was a pretty good deal. But uh, yeah, this this machine's still okay. It's just for what I'm I'm doing with it and the, how hard I'm pushing it, I think it's just starting to creak a little bit. So <laughs> how old how old is that kid? Uh, he is thirteen. 
Okay, and he has uh, a terminal illness. That sucks. Yeah, he was, well, CHEO stands for the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. It's the sort of major, it's it's a very world-renowned children's hospital in, in where I live. And uh, this kid was, he was, um, the champion is kind of like the kid. He does a lot of uh, events and stuff to help sort of promote and get donations for the hospital. And uh, he's a he's a huge gamer. He's uh, He comes to our Extra Life Guild meetings and stuff. And uh, yeah, I forget. I forget the name of the illness he has, but it, it's uh, he's been doing quite well. He probably still has a decent number of years left, but it is it is terminal. Um, uh, and yeah, he you know, I, I gifted him a bunch of games around Christmas and gave him a bunch of old humble bundle codes for indie games and stuff that he was really happy about. But he's talked before how he can't play most of the triple a stuff that comes out now because he's playing with a laptop that i'm i'm not sure if it's just intel graphics it might be nvidia or amd but it's relatively low end yeah. um so it doesn't do a lot of stuff well and i was like well because this machine's old enough that i can't sell it for anything worthwhile so i'm like well if i build a new one yeah i might just you know i won't have much use for it so i uh i might just be like here you go <laughs> well the i mean the 970's not bad uh the no we just bought we just bought a bunch of computers at my work and they have the 2600 s's and mm. with yeah, four, yeah. with only four gigs of ram or something like that and it was like barely over 200 dollars. yeah so yeah surprising what, yeah. You can, what you can get these days so yeah. that's probably what i'll do with it I'm, I'm studying for some microsoft certifications and stuff too so i might use this for a couple of months to run virtualization stuff on for practice and that but uh Depends which job I end up getting, but, uh, but yeah, I might do that with it. But that's I've had this build planned out for like four months now. I'm like, I just need a damn job so I can pull the trigger on it. So yeah, hopefully well, within the next couple of weeks. I got three interviews this week, so we'll see. Good luck. Good luck to you, man. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I hope so. I'm yeah. a, I'll hopefully be in your shoes in about a month and a half from here. Yep. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, no, I was... My contract job last year ended and I was supposed to jump right into another contract that didn't happen because that company hit financial problems and it's the IT market in this town has been a little thin lately. I was kind of getting down about it, but then 2015 rolled around and clearly a bunch of companies had their fiscal years roll over and they're like, all right, time to start hiring again. Yep. So, My, I, see, I, yeah. See, I, I had to take a call center job until I found an IT job. So. Ooh. I've yeah. managed to avoid call centers in my career. I consider myself very fortunate. That's probably for the best because my my call center job was awful, and then I kind of fell into my job because my friend works at the company, and he's like, hey, you should apply. And this mm -hmm. was last November, like the end of November um, of 2014. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll apply for that. That sounds good. And so January rolls around, and Chris is like, hey, did you apply for that job? I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. And so I applied for the job. I had went in, had the interview, and they're like, okay, um, well, we'll decide later today if you got the job or not. I was like, oh, all right. And so they called me towards the end of the day and was like, hey, you got the job. You can come in on Monday, and we'll discuss pay. So yeah, that's all I, right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of fell into the job just because I had friends that was there. So sweet. Uh, and hopefully something like that happens for you because that would be nice. Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I, I'm confident of the three leads I have going on right now. I, I one of them is a job I wouldn't really like, but that would pay well. The other one, the other two are jobs I both like. One is probably a temporary contract, but pays better than the one that would be permanent. 
but I kind of have a ranking order of which I'd like. I'm confident at least one of them will end up coming back and offering me something, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Any one I'm... of them I'd be happy to do. So. Now, do you have any? Um, we're keep we're keeping this going apparently, but I was wondering if you had any uh, like certifications or anything. Uh, no, I've got my A plus, which is a kind of a useless thing these days. I'm, yeah. I'm studying for several right now. I've been, I've been very, I've been unfortunate and also not in my career. I managed to get through most of my career on experience alone. And I, I either working at places that didn't care about certifications or where I had enough sort of boots on the ground knowledge that it didn't matter that I didn't have the, the paper certs and for a few years there, I got pretty arrogant about that and was just kind of like, oh, this is great. I don't need to bother getting these. What do I need those things for? They cost a fortune and who cares? And yeah, that's kind of biting me in the ass now because I'm in kind of a weird position where I am too experienced and have a lot. Uh, I'm too experienced for most junior IT roles, but because of the lack of certifications, I don't qualify for a lot of senior roles either. Right. So I'm in like a weird limbo. So what I've been doing is in the time I've been off and I've been bad about this for the last month or so, I have to get back on the on track as I've been doing some online courses towards getting like my MCSA and some other things like that. And because the problem is I have the knowledge to get the MCSA, but because it was all learned on the fly, I don't have the um, means to apply it the way Microsoft wants you to when you write the test, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get gotcha. uh, Like, I know my way around Windows Server very well, but I, the first time I tried to write an MCSA test, I got like a 40% on it just because I do, the way my knowledge has been applied doesn't work the way they want you to in those scenarios. So that's what I need to learn. Right. Uh, which I'm sure I can. I, I just need to do that. But one of these companies that I'm I'm interviewing with, the one that would actually be a proper full-time job, actually offers two grand a year uh, to people for uh, as like a training allowance. Oh, I thought that be, was. I thought you were saying two grand a year. Just that's what your pay. <laughs> Canadian no, no, dollars goes a lot further than you might think. But uh, yeah, no, they offer that as training specific stuff, which I'm kind of like that would be pretty cool too. So, so, so the yeah. system admin at my where I work doesn't have any degree, doesn't have any certifications. No, you you Not. don't need them necessarily if you get the knowledge. The certifications are good because it is a baseline to say, hey, I definitely know this much, and Microsoft says so. Well, and he kind of uh, lucked helpful out for that, but you don't need it to be able to do the job. Not at all. He kind of lucked out with it because they, before he came in, they didn't really have a good IT department. And mm. so he came in and they were looking for a system admin because their old system admin was leaving. And the old system admin was dog shit. Like I, I've had to go and uh, redo patch panels. He's been, he done because, or he did, he done. He done do it. Um, I had to redo the, his patch panels because he couldn't do patch panels and for Ethernet cables and everything. So I had to go there and pull out all the Ethernet cable and redo it all the time. God, I hate that mm. job so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When we got a patch new build where I work in, that was like our friggin' nightmare. That was like 40% yeah, of the first time I worked a summer tech job mm -hmm. is, hey, new building, new computers. Let's get rewiring. Yep. That's... Yeah. Anyway, we've been going on for a long time. So thank you again yeah. for, for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks very much. It was cool. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, just so you know, you're always invited. We do it around the same time on every Sunday. So 
Cool. I usually throw out a tweet a couple days beforehand just saying, hey, making sure people are going to be here because I know Connor has a job and everything. Yeah. And a girlfriend. Friggin' <laughs> pesky girlfriends. So Taking th- all my time. Yep. Uh, so I will talk to you guys again, and uh, everyone press the – oh, wait. I forgot to horror myself a little bit. Uh, we're on iTunes. <clears throat> For some reason, Apple let us on their website. Even though half the time we're just talking <laughs> shit about Apple. I was going to say, we haven't bad talked to Apple this episode. We should fix that. Yeah, Apple sucks dick. Follow me on iTunes. There yeah, I don't like Apple either, so I fit, it. I fit in well here. Yeah, so – but. Thanks, but, iTunes. <laughs> yeah, but you can subscribe to us on uh, the iTunes. Uh, I what is it? I I can't even remember. iCloud? No. Whatever their service. You can you can the press iTunes, the, subs- the iTunes podcast thing. thing. Yeah, you can follow Read yeah. Entertainment on there. Download it to your all your i devices or even on your computer and listen to the podcast on your computer, on your iPhone, iPod. Or have self-respect and check it out on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, or go to SoundCloud or go to readentertainment.com forward slash podcast. 